Our New Testament passage today picks up with Revelation chapter 2, verse 1. Now, yesterday you read Revelation chapter 1, and really Revelation chapter 1 sets up the first three chapters, and really the rest of the book of Revelation. And so you need to review it for just a minute and just remind yourself of this revelation of who Jesus is, this because he takes a piece of that revelation. And with each of the seven churches, he takes a piece of that revelation and makes it real to those churches. He reveals a part of himself to every local church that they need for their situation. So go back and review that and then see how the revelation, it's not a different revelation, but there are different facets of who he is that he makes real to each of the seven churches. Revelation chapter 2, begin with verse 1. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write. Now, Ephesus was the first in Asia. What was then called Asia. Ephesus was the mother church. This is where all of these other churches of Asia were born from. It was the workers that left Ephesus that went out and started this great revival all across Asia so that in two years, Acts 19 gives the story. Every Jew and every Greek heard the gospel. Ephesus really became the greatest church in the ancient world, far eclipsing Jerusalem and even eclipsing Antioch of Assyria. Historians tell us that even John and Mary, the mother of Jesus, when the great persecutions began to hit in Jerusalem, they even moved to Ephesus. So really the center of Christianity moved from Jerusalem to Ephesus. To the angel of the church of Ephesus write, the words of him who holds the seven stars in his right hand and who walks among the seven golden lampstands. Now, the seven stars would be the angels. Now, some people try to make these the pastors. See, I really believe that every local church has an angel and who walks among the seven golden lampstands. These are the local churches. So Jesus is saying, you want to know who I am to you? I'm the one who walks among you. I'm present with you. And then he says, I know. He said, I know your works. He said, I know your toil. I know your patient endurance. I know how you cannot bear with those who are evil. I know you have tested those who claim to be apostles and are not and found them to be false. He said, I know. Now notice these I knows. He said, I know you are enduring patiently and bearing up for my namesake. And I know you have not grown weary. Now, notice the eight things he knows about them. Now, remember, he knows because he walks among the seven golden lampstands. He said, now, listen, I know how hard you're working. I know your toil. I know your works, your accomplishments. I know your hard work. He said, I know your patient endurance. I know you cannot bear with those who are evil. He said, I, you, you don't tolerate sin, okay? They do not tolerate sin. He said, I know you have tested those who claim to be apostles and are not, found them to be false. He said, so I know you, you don't accept false teachers, okay? They don't accept false teachers. So I know that. But he said, but I have this against you, that you've abandoned the love that you had at first. 
wow, this looks like the perfect church. But wait. Not doing so well. But wait. You've abandoned the love you had at first. You abandoned it. You walked away. So it became about doctrine and practice, not relationship. Doctrinally, practically, this was a perfect church. But in relationship, they'd abandoned the love they had at first. What is the greatest commandment? See, there are so many Christians, you're so happy to believe correctly, and you're so happy to live a holy life, and you're so happy that you can recognize false teachers, and you're so happy of all the things you've accomplished and all the, the hard works we do, that we lose the first love. Now, now brothers and sisters, you can't, you can never lose fact. You can never lose sight of the fact that the most important thing that we have with God is a heart of love. That is the greatest commandment, that you shall love the Lord your God with all your heart, all your soul, all your mind, and all your strength. So may I challenge you today? Say, Pastor, how do people abandon? How do they walk away from their first love? You kind of stop feeling. Okay? You kind of stop feeling. You just it, it, it becomes all about the head and not about the heart. Oh, beloved, please, don't lose the feeling, the emotions. Get up in the morning and open your heart and lift your, your heart upon your hands and just, I love you, Jesus. I love that Sinatra song, I'm in love with you. Sometimes I just walk around just singing it, I'm in love with you. <laughs> just never lose the feelings. I said, well, Pastor, how do you do that? You just don't turn loose of them. You pursue them. Oh. He said, now, he said, the solution. All right, so this is the solution. Remember from where you have fallen. Repent and do the works you did at first. All right. This is the solution. Remember. Repent. Repeat. Okay. Remember, repent, repeat. Okay, if, if you've lost your first love, Remember the height from which you've fallen. Now, remember the feelings. Remember the love. Remember how you'd sit in service with tears of joy coming down your face and a heart about to explode in love with him. Remember that. Repent. Do a 360. Okay, do a, not a 360, excuse me, do a 180. Okay, repentance is the 360. Do a 180 and just flip around and go, you know what? That's what I want to, that's how I want to live. I want to live in love with him. I just want to live with a heart exploding in love for him. And do the works you did at first. Now, now wait a minute. I thought this is all about relationship. What are these works? <laughs> Think with it. Think about it this way. 
Do you remember when you fell in love with your Asawa? Do you remember the things you did? Same thing. We're not talking about, okay, I'm going to lead 50 souls to Christ this week. Do the works you did at first when your heart was exploding in love. Do you remember how you just show up at church early and just spend a half an hour in prayer before the service started? Do you remember how when you were just close by the church, you'd come by the church and find an open door and just walk through the auditorium with your hands lifted and worshiping him and seeking him? Do you remember how when you talked about Jesus in the early days, it wasn't about, please let me give you six steps to have a real personal relationship with Jesus. Do you remember how you just talked about the one you loved? There you go. Now you got it. He said, if you will not, I will come to you and remove your lampstand, remove the local church from its place, from its topos, from its place of opportunity and ministry. Now, this to me is not... This to me is not punishment, all right? This is this is not punishment. Okay, this is God saying, listen, you've got to get back to first love. He said, I'll, I'll take your lampstand from its place. I'll take your local church from its position of ministry and the opportunities of ministry that I've given. And I'm, I'm going to move you off the front lines. So I, I don't look at this as a punishment. I look at this as you're in spiritual trouble and I'm going to pull you off the back lines, off the front lines, so that you can work on your relationship. Yet you have this. You hate the works of the Nicolaitans, which I also hate. Now here's you can, here you can start on a list. What God hates. And there's a lot of things in the Bible that you can make a list of in a journal that God hates. He hates the deeds of the Nicolaitans. Now, who are the Nicolaitans? Well, there's several truths about this. Number one, these are the spiritual descendants of a first deacon. Remember the deacon? Nikolai. Now, Nikolai had started as a pagan, converted to Judaism, and now converted to being a Christian. Now, scholars say that the works of the Nicolaitans are primarily a work of not so much compromise as it's a mixing. Let's just call it hollow hollow. Hollow, hollow theology, theology and practice, where he combined paganism, Judaism, and Christianity all together. But it's also a concept of controlling people. So, and don't, don't hate me for saying this, but one of the things that you'll find, that, and this was one of the early engaged the cultures, Engage the culture and engage other religions. This is one of the first, this is probably the first group that tried to mix Christianity, salvation by faith and grace, with Judaism and paganism. And just, you know, you take a little of this, you take a little of that, and you combine it all together. And it was all about controlling people. 
Now, one of the things that you'll find about compromising collusive, they call it being inclusive, uh, engaging the culture, inclusive. One of the things that you'll find about these people who want to be inclusive in their theology and inclusive in their, their theological practices and engaging the culture is you'll find that they are very controlling. They, they try to present themselves as freedom, but they are not freedom. They're very much controlling of people. Christianity sets you free. Okay, the, the, the doctrines of Christianity set people free, but the doctrines of inclusion and the doctrines of engaging the culture, culture you know, again, these are people who promise freedom, as the Bible says, but instead what they do is bring you into bondage. Now, he said, I hate, you hate the works of the Nicolaitans. He said, I also hate that. I hate this engaging the culture, this inclusive stuff. You have to understand there is only one way, and the way is Jesus. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. Now, all right, he who has an ear, let him hear. Now, there are many people, the Holy Spirit speaks. to a local church, but there are people who do not hear. To the one who conquers, to the one who overcomes all of this nonsense, overcomes the push of religion, I will grant to eat of the tree of life, which is in the paradise of God. <laughs> Remember that tree of life that was all the way back in the garden, the Garden of Eden? I want to get to eat of that one day. That tree is still there. I want to get to eat of it. To the angel of the church of Smyrna write the words of the first and the last who died and came to life. So here is the revelation to them. Now notice, he doesn't say, walk someone with some golden lampstands. He said, first, last, died, came to life. This is what you need to understand about me. Now, why did they need to understand that about Jesus? He said, I know, here's that no again. I know your tribulation and your poverty, but you're rich. And he said, I know the slander of those who say they are Jews and are not, but are the synagogue of Satan. So he said, listen, I, I, I know what you're going through. I know the, 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 the trials and tribulation that you're going through right now. He said, I know your poverty. He said, no, you know what? You do need to understand you're rich. <laughs> oh, let the poor say, we are rich. He said, and I know the slander. He said, and it's the slander who say they are Jews, say they're from the covenants of promise. But he said, but they're not. Now, now look at that. Jesus said, these people who claim to be Jews are not Jews. Now, how can Jesus say such a thing? He's a Jew. He was born in the body, in the physical body of a Jew. Because people who are Jews are not Jews. Remember all Paul's teachings in Romans? Just because you're circumcised doesn't make you a Jew. Ah, you have to be people of the promise. They say they're Jews. So this is persecution. This is persecution coming from the synagogue. He said, they're of the synagogue of Satan. He said, this isn't a synagogue of God. He said, now, now that's a hard thing for him to say. 
he says the synagogue that these Jews go to, or these claiming Jews go to every Shabbat, is a synagogue of Satan. Wow. So Satan ruled in that synagogue. Now, not every synagogue, okay? Satan ruled in that synagogue. Not every synagogue. They, but our A, not the A. Okay? There was a synagogue of Satan. Do not fear what you are about to suffer, all right? So suffering is coming more. There's more coming. Behold, the devil is about to throw some of you into prison. All right, so he said, all right, the true source. The true source is not the Jews, it's the devil. Remember, Paul said we don't fight against flesh and blood. That you may be tested, and for 10 days you will have tribulation. He said for 10 days, all right. Remember all the teaching I've been doing on limits. Satan has limits. And for 10 days, you will have tribulation. He said, be faithful unto death, and I will give you the crown of life. He said, don't, don't back down what you believe. Don't, don't give up your faith. Yes, you're going to get put in jail. You're going to suffer for believing in me, but don't give up your faith. He who has an ear, let him hear what the Spirit says to the churches. So again, we see the same thing. Verse 7, verse 11, again. Holy Spirit speaks, we need to choose to hear. To the one who conquers, they will not be hurt. Whoops. To the one who conquers, they will not be hurt by the second death. Now, tie that together up here. To the one who conquers. All right. This, so I had to be careful or I'll teach my way through this rather than just give you devotional thoughts. Let's open up our hearts now and spend some more time in worship.
and makes the nations prove the nations prove Testament passage today picks up with Hosea chapter 12, beginning with verse 1. So let me get tied in here right away. Ephraim feeds on the wind and pursues the east wind all day long. They multiply falsehood and violence. Now that is a scary thought. They multiply. You know, there are people who live in falsehood and they do violence. But then there are people who multiply it. They, they, just, they don't do it by addition. They do it by multiplication. They take things to a whole new level. They make a covenant with Assyria, and oil is carried to Egypt. The Lord has an indictment against Judah. Wow. And will punish Jacob according to his ways. He will repay him according to his deeds. All right, so our ways, our deeds... are the basis of reaping. In the womb, he took his brother by the heel, and in his manhood, he strove with God. All right, now, Jacob took his brother by the heel, and in manhood, he strove with God, giving us a, a history of Jacob's spiritual life. He strove with an angel, and he prevailed. He wept and sought his favor. He met God at Bethel. And there God spoke with us. <laughs> Did you notice? God didn't just speak with him. He spoke with us. He said, when he met God at Bethel, as our ancestor, God spoke with all of us. That's cool. 
The Lord, the God of hosts, is his memorial name. Now, here's a cool thought. God has a memorial name. So you, by the help of your God, return, hold fast to love and justice, and wait continually for your God. All right, so three things. Three things by the help of God. It takes God's help to return. It takes God's help to hold fast to love. It takes God's help to hold fast to justice. And it take, and takes God's help to wait continually. Call that four things. So it takes God's help to do this. So when you're asking God, Lord, I want to repent. I want to return. I, I want to get back in a relationship with you. I want to get back in church. I want to get back in a walk with you. God will help you. You, you. By the help of God, you do this. Lord, I don't want to lose my first love, what we we're just talking about. How do I hold fast to love? God will help you hold fast to love. Lord, how do I hold fast to justice? In a world where there is no justice, God will help you with that. How do you wait continually for the Lord? God will help you with that. So th these are four things that you need God's help to do. A merchant in whose hands are false balances, he, he loves to oppress. Wow. I call this bad business. A salesperson. False balances. And he loves to oppress. Now, do you remember how, and you can put the verse from James in here also. Go look up the verse in James where these rich businessmen exploit and oppress you. Ephraim said, ah, I am rich. I have found wealth for myself and in all my labors, they cannot find in me iniquity or sin. Really? I found wealth for myself? Nah. God blessed you. God blessed him. I am the Lord your God from the land of Egypt. From the land of Egypt forward, he said, I will make you, I will again make you dwell in tents as in the days of the appointed feast. I spoke to the prophets. It was I who multiplied visions. <laughs> so, I mean, tie this multiply together here. They multiply falsehood. God multiplies visions. And he said, and through the prophets gave parables. Ah, so, did not just start with Jesus. God has always spoken through parables. If there is iniquity in Gilead, they will surely come to nothing. In Gilgal, they will sacrifice bulls. Their altars are like stone heaps on the furrows of the field. Jacob fled to the field of Aram. There Israel served for a wife, and for a wife he guarded sheep. By a prophet, the Lord brought Israel up from Egypt. By a prophet, who's that prophet? Moses. And by a prophet, he was guarded. Wow. Wow. By a prophet, he was guarded. So prophets, the Old Testament office, and there's a difference between Old Testament prophets and New Testament prophets. 
So Old Testament prophets guided, guided into deliverance and guarded God's people. Now, there's a difference in New Covenant prophets. Okay. Ephraim has given bitter provocation. So his Lord will leave his blood guilt on him and will repay him for his disgraceful deeds. Chapter 13, verse 1. When Ephraim spoke, there was trembling. He was exalted in Israel, but he incurred guilt through Baal, the worship of demon idols, and died. And now they sin more and more, and they make for themselves metal images, idols skillfully made of silver, all of them the work of craftsmen. It is said of them, those who offer human sacrifice kiss calves. Wow. Now, remember the golden calf from, you, you had to remember the golden calf both from uh, the desert and you had to remember it from Jeroboam because okay? part of these prophecies remember from chapter 1 verses, verses 1 and 2 they occurred during Jeroboam's time they saw the calf as a god those who offer human sacrifices kiss gods now you and I wonder why, why someone would sacrifice their child this is the reason. They sacrificed children to kiss a demon god. Ugh. Therefore, they shall be like the morning mist or like the dew that goes early away, like the chaff that swirls from the threshing floor or the smoke from a window. But I am the Lord your God from the land of Egypt. You know no god but me. <laughs> Can we just circle that, highlight it, focus on it? You know no God but me. And besides me, there is no Savior. That's the bottom line. This is the bottom line. He said, now you, you sacrifice your children to kiss a demon. But he said, you know no God but me. Besides me, there is no Savior. It was I who knew you in the wilderness, in the land of drought. But when they grazed, they became full. They were filled, and their heart was lifted up, and they forgot me. Now, here you go. All right, prosperity goes to pride. Pride goes to forget. You know, I still watch this today in people's lives. I watch a person start. Remember, I've been your pastor for over 40 years now. I've watched generations come up that came out of poverty. They came out of poverty. God prospered them. God blessed them. And their heart got lifted up. This is why, again, you can put James in here. You can put First uh, Timothy in here. Where... Uh, Paul says, Timothy, warn those who are rich in this world not to be arrogant. See, your, your heart gets lifted up. And the problem is when you get pride, therefore, and you need to get a big understanding of that word, therefore, the cause of forgetting God is pride. I've watched so many business guys start out with nothing. They get proud and arrogant. They forget God. Mm. 
He says, so I am to them like a lion, like a leopard. I will lurk beside the way. I will fall upon them like a bear robbed of her cum. Cubs, I will tear open their breasts, and there I will devour them like a lion, as a wild beast would rip them open. He destroys you, O Israel, for you are against me, against your helper. <laughs> Folks, God loves you, but when you turn against him, hard, hard things happen. Where now is your king to save you in all your cities? Where are your rulers, those of whom you said, give me a king and princes? I gave you a king in my anger, and I took him away in my wrath. Hmm. The iniquity of Ephraim is bound up. His sin is kept in store. The pangs of childbirth come for him, but he is an unwise son. For at the right time, he does not present himself at the opening of the womb. Shall I ransom them from the power of Sheol? Shall I redeem them from death? Oh, death, where are your plagues? Oh, Sheol, where is your sting? Compassion is hidden from my eyes. Wow. Our lifestyle can cause compassion to be hidden from God's eyes. That's a wow. Though he may flourish among his brothers, the east wind, the wind of the Lord, shall come rising from the wilderness, and his fountain shall dry up. His spring shall be parched. It shall strip his treasury of every precious thing. Return to poverty. Now again, you have to bring these verses together. When they became full, they were filled. Now notice, you know what? You're going to lose your source of pride. Samaria shall bear her guilt because she rebelled against her God. They shall fall by the sword. Their little ones shall be dashed to pieces and the pregnant women ripped open. Why? Because she rebelled against God. Chapter 14, verse 1. And remember, this is written during this season when all these kings were going from bad to worse to worse to even worse. Okay. Remember verse 1 of Hosea showing you the kings of the two tribes of Judah and Jeroboam and his son, the two kings during this reign that Hosea prophesied, Jeroboam and his son. These were Jeroboam was the guy who did the whole golden calf thing, set up the false religious system in Samaria. Right? Hosea 14, verse 1. Return, O Israel, to the Lord your God, for you have stumbled because of your sin. Okay? Your own sin stumbles you. Now, you know, people always like to blame other people. They stumbled me. No, your own sin stumbles you. Take with you words and return to the Lord. And say to him, when, when you, you come to God in repentance, you don't just come and sit. Take with you words and return to the Lord. What words do you say of repentance? What words do you say when you return to the Lord? Take away our iniquity, accept what is good, and we will pay with bulls our vows, the vows of our lips. Okay? Assyria shall not save us. We will not ride on horses. We will say no more our God to the work of our hands. Okay, th this is what you say. You say, take away my sin, Lord. Please accept what we do that is good. God, we will fulfill the vows we made with our lips. Lord, we recognize another nation, another people can't save us. We will not trust in horses. 
and we will no longer say our God to the work of our hands. We'll put away the idols. These are things you say in repentance. In you, the orphan finds mercy. This is another thing you say. God, the orphan finds mercy in you. God said, I will heal their apostasy. I will love them freely, for my anger has turned from them. All right, so you bring words, and then what is God's response? He heals us. He loves us. His anger turns from us. I will be like dew to Israel. He shall blossom like a lily, and he shall take root like the trees of Lebanon. Again, he prospers us. His shoots shall spread out. His beauty shall be like the olive, his fragrance like the Lebanon. They shall return and dwell beneath my shadow. They shall flourish like the grain. They shall blossom like the vine. Their fame shall be like the wine of Lebanon. So God promises to prosper and to honor. To prosper and to honor. O Ephraim, what have I to do with idols? (laughs) It is I who answer and look after you. I am like an evergreen cypress from me comes your fruit. Why are you praying to idols? It is I who answer you. It is I who look after you. From me comes your fruit. Whoever is wise, let him understand these things. Whoever is discerning, let him know them. For the ways of the Lord are right, and the upright, there's a beautiful truth, and the upright walk in them. But transgressors will stumble in them. All right, so notice, God's ways walked in by the righteous. God's ways stumble the sinner. Same ways. The ways of God stumble people and the ways of God are walked in by people. Understand that. All right. We're going to see you tonight.